Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Greg Scordis, uh, filling in for Boyd Matheson today and maybe tomorrow. Uh, we talked to the last couple segments about some uh, significant legal issues, trials, cases that happened in 2021. Let me talk to you about where 2022 might be going. And I've been looking at... Uh, some legislation that has been passed throughout the country and throughout Utah in response, I think, very much uh, to some of the things that we've seen going on. Utah, for example, uh, passed a law uh, this last session that I think a lot of people weren't aware of, kind of flew under the radar. Uh, Democrats, Republicans, uh, prosecutors, defense attorneys, I think a lot of people that I've talked to about the law have been surprised. And what the law does is it changes the legal standard as it relates to the concept of self-defense. And it allows this. Uh, Typically in Utah, if a defendant is accused of a crime and they want to claim the defense of self-defense, they can do that during the course of the trial. They can put on evidence that says, I was just defending myself and here's why. And then the judge instructs the jury, uh, self-defense works under these circumstances. You have to have felt that that the threat against you was real and it has to have been immediate and you acted appropriately to the to the level of the of the threat that you were facing this new law provides that if a defendant in a criminal case wants to assert the defense of self-defense that they can do so and file a motion and they can say judge we think as a matter of law that the defense of self-defense applies and you shouldn't even get this case in front of a jury it's a very unusual kind of motion we do it uh, the, the closest thing i can think is we have uh, entrapment laws where you can raise the defense of entrapment in front of the judge and in front of the jury you can now do that with respect to self-defense so you can have a hearing in front of a judge before it ever even get to trial and the state has to prove uh, by a high standard of proof that in fact the defense of self-defense does does not apply and if the judge doesn't find that the state's met their burden the judge must dismiss the case with prejudice not allowing the prosecution to bring that case up again in other words it's not a jury issue anymore it's it, it's an issue for the judge to decide based on the law and even if a defendant loses that hearing before a judge he or she can raise the exact same argument in front of a jury and have the jury decide as a matter of fact uh, whether the defense of self-defense applies. So you kind of get two bites of the apple now in Utah under our self-defense statute. That's 
no question in response to uh, some things that we saw and that we talked about in an earlier segment, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, the shooting of uh, Amon Arbery, and, and how we're going to define when and under what circumstances individuals can use force against another and when and under what circumstances that is going to be legally justified. So it'll be interesting to see where we go there. With respect to firearms, we've seen our legislature revisit the idea of of a concealed carry. And this is part of the same idea. Can you concealed carry in Utah? Well, yes, you can. And in the past, it's been, well, but you uh, go get your concealed carry permit. You take the class. Uh, that class, uh, in terms of its um, uh, what's being taught, has been relaxed more and more. And now, in Utah, a person can concealed carry without going through the class, so long as uh, the the gun isn't loaded to the to the point where uh, you know a single action will fire the will fire a, a, a bullet. You can still get a concealed carry permit, and I would say, uh, if you want to concealed carry in Utah, you're probably safer uh, to go through the concealed carry class. It's not difficult. I haven't taken it myself, but but uh, people who take it say it's very useful and very helpful. And um, maybe that's a that's a a way we're going to go and maybe Utah will relax that altogether and say you don't need a concealed carry permit for anything. Um, we'll see how we react as a state and as a country uh, to these issues that we've seen in these cases. We also saw, importantly, our Supreme Court recently hear arguments uh, which would, in effect, overturn, if successful, the law that we've known as Roe versus Wade for over 50 years, and that law, our Supreme Court of the United States held that states cannot restrict, cannot restrict a woman's right to an abortion. Now, our president, our previous president, Donald Trump, presumably and sort of understandably, if you if you if you're a, a Republican, stacked the Supreme Court and stacked that court with nominees and justices who have expressed a desire to set aside Roe versus Wade. And states are challenging that. Utah is certainly going to be in that line. But the first one to do that was Texas. And Texas passed a law that said, okay, you can still restrict uh, a woman's right to an abortion, but after six weeks, you can't. A state's going to say you cannot any longer uh, uh, provide an abortion after six weeks of conception. Well, as we know, some people don't even know they're pregnant in that period of time. But technology has changed. Medical science has changed. And so the people in Texas are saying, well, if you're talking about viability, if you're talking about the ability of a child to to uh, survive outside the womb, medical technology has gotten so great that maybe six weeks makes sense. We'll see what the Supreme Court does. But if, in fact, the Supreme Court does what a lot of people expect, myself included, and that is to set aside and, and, and overturn Roe versus Wade, you can expect a lot of states, especially uh, red states like Utah, uh, to come in and say, okay, then we are going to change our laws. And in fact, states are going to be making those decisions and not the federal government. And, and it's probably going to be law that's going to be around for another 50 years in this country, um, unless and until our Supreme Court changes again. Uh, like it or not, and, and everybody has their view on this, it's it's a train that's coming down the tracks, and, and we'll see where that goes. Um, I've talked to legislators in Utah about uh, where we're headed on a lot of other issues that I think are going to be very interesting, how we're addressing... Um, 
pandemic, uh, how we are able to uh, say, for example, that uh, schools can or can't have the ability to impose uh, mask restrictions um, and our legislature in Utah sort of taking a position on that, other states taking different positions. I mean, no matter what side of the fence you're on, we haven't done a great job in this country of controlling the the pandemic. Uh, President Biden came in and we all sort of thought that we'd have herd immunity by now and and nothing could be further from the from the truth. I mean, we certainly have a I think we're only up to 60 percent vaccination. Uh, we've seen administration uh, try to require uh, that certain employers, if you want to have government contracts, will require your uh, employees uh, to either uh, wear a mask, um, get vaccinated, or show proof of, of that that you're not infected. And uh, I think one of the circuits, the Ninth Circuit, has come out and said, no, you know what, you can't do that. That, that overreaches uh, the government's power. So how we're going to address that in the future is going to be interesting as well. I, I always like to see where our legislature goes, both in state and, and nationally, see kind of how we react to things. I, some people might call it knee-jerk, but so much has happened in this country uh, with respect to what we've talked about earlier, police shootings, and at what point and at what level we're going to hold police criminally responsible for their conduct. Uh, how we are going to define the concept of self-defense going forward. Is that something that we're going to um, beef up or is it something we need to restrict? Um, uh, What circumstances will allow a person to possess and carry a firearm in public? And, of course, uh, women's reproductive rights. So, uh, wow, I think 2022 has the potential to be every bit as interesting as 2021. And we're probably going to see how these remaining... 700 uh, individuals charged in the Capitol insurrection are handled as well. Thank you very much for joining us today. I've, I've enjoyed filling in for, for Boyd Matheson. Uh, we'll be back again to, to talk to you tomorrow. Um, this was KSL Radio, and my name is Greg Scordis. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.